Well, welcome to uh, our uh, our breakout on on entrepreneurs and business leaders, and uh, I'm going to go through some some uh, just spending some time um, really studying scriptures as it relates to that. And uh, if we if you would, if you guys are you that did bring notes, or those of you like me that put your notes here, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to on one side of your page, I want you to write the word church. And on the right-hand side, I want you to write uh, uh, business. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list of 10 words. And when I give you these 10 words, uh, you don't need to type them out or anything like that. I just want you to put a number or a dash next to which of those two immediately comes to your mind. All right, where is this word most uh, relevant at? Where does, it, where does it tend to happen the most? Okay. And, and you'll understand after, once we get into this, why I want you to do that. So, here we go. Church and business. Prayer. And once again, I want you to overthink this. Just put a dash next to where you think it's more re- most relevant that this is going to take place. Prayer. Ministry. Discipleship. Bible study. Money, a positive perception, I'll, and I'll, I'll come back around and go, go through these again if, you, if you get lost or behind. Negative perception, spirit-led, seeking God, and success. Those ten. Read them one more time. Where are these most likely to occur? Where, does it, where is it most relevant at? Prayer. Ministry, discipleship, Bible study, money, positive perception, a negative perception, spirit-led, seeking God, and success. Now, the reason why I started with that is because it's important in business that our, what we believe about our role and what we are to be in business we must, our, our belief about that is what's going to drive us to establish what it is that's going to take place in that business. It has to do with your attitude, how, how we approach our business. And I've had, uh, the, I've had the honor of serving both in the pastoral world and for, for decades, I, I went to seminary when I graduated from seminary, youth ministry, worship ministry, on staff here at New Life in multiple different capacities. Uh, and, and during all of that time, led my, led my own businesses. So I've had this wonderful honor of being in both worlds. And what I've seen in the, in the church world and in the business world is a separation of ideas that I think we, uh, we, we just need to talk about and we need to get uh, what, the, what the Bible says about our role as business leaders. And here's, here's the example. Uh, in my time of pastoral ministry, I would have business people come to, to get counsel for various things, and inevitably it would come up that they had this desire to be in ministry, and they wanted to be in ministry, and then I would ask them, what was it that they were doing at the time? Well, I'm just a plumber, or I'm just 
a lawyer, accountants, whatever the list might be. And there's this idea that ministry happens and being on the pastoral side, I've heard many, many pastors use this phrase, well, I was doing such and such business until I was called into the ministry, and then I went into the ministry. And there's this idea of the ministry happens on Sunday morning, and then we have the laity or the the, the rest of us that are here, and there's this expectation that what the pastors do and what the church leaders do is somehow more of the Holy Spirit's work, more of God's plan, more of what God wants to do, and everybody else is just uh, whatever. And that idea is prevalent for whatever reason that has occurred, and we need to go to God's word and get that idea turned around. Because how I approach my, my, my business will ultimately result in the fruits that come out of the back of that, right? What my intention is and how I lead my business is going to directly determine the fruit that comes out of the other side. So if I'm just a plumber, I'm going to go and do plumbing, and guess what's going to happen? Plumbing. Nothing wrong with plumbing. We all like plumbing. We're grateful for it. But if that's all that the end of it is, we have missed the higher calling of what God wants that plumbing business to turn into. Another thing to highlight this, and then I want us to go to God's word on this, is this expectation for each of us in here. We ex fully expect Sunday morning when Pastor Brady stands there to speak the word, how many of us fully anticipate that he has spent time with the Lord, he has spent time in the Word to get the download from the Holy Spirit, to be refreshed in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, so that when he stands there Sunday morning, he is speaking what God wants to bring, right? Is that more important, or is, is it more important that Pastor Brady does that and gets that direct download? Is that more important than you getting that exact same download for your business? Let's go to Ephesians 4. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. Ephesians chapter 4. See, what we believe, once again, will directly impact the fruitfulness or what comes out of our businesses. Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Read it again. He has given some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry unto the building of the body of Christ. So, and once again, this might seem to be semantics for some of us, but it's very, very important that we understand the roles. Does ministry take place on Sunday morning or does equipping take place on Sunday morning? It's equipping. Now, once again, we can just get caught up into terminology, into just the terms here, but let's dig deeper behind that because what we see is instead of it being 
uh, remember Jesus said the greatest among you will be the servants of all, right? And we've learned what servant leadership really looks like and how it works. So equipping takes place on Sunday. That's serving you to go out and do what? To do ministry. So ministry doesn't take place on Sunday morning. It starts in your life from the moment you exit out of there, equipped, ready to go into doing the work of the ministry. So who is the minister? Who is really called into the ministry? The pastors or you? We are. Now, once again, it could, somebody could just say, oh, you're just kind of caught in definitions. Yes, I am. Because if I understand that I truly am the expression of God's ministry, now is it important that I get that direct download from the Holy Spirit into my business as it relates to my employees and, how, and the people that I'm serving to get God's download into what he wants my business to look like. Because by doing that, it truly turns it into a business ministry. I'll give you an example of this. Sunday at Christmas, um, on, on Sunday morning right before Christmas, Pastor Brady asked us all to invite someone to the Christmas Eve service. All right, I don't know if any of you remember that, but I just remember at that time praying right then, saying, Lord, who do you want us to, you know, who, do you, who would you like us to, to invite? And this family... Uh, this gal who works for me and her, she, she's been living with her boyfriend for several years. This family came on my heart. So I did. I said, hey, you know, I invited him. I said, hey, I would like you to, you know, come to service with us and then come and have Christmas Eve dinner with us afterwards. They said yes. So just about the time we're leaving, they came to the house. We're about to leave for, uh, come to Christmas Eve service. Um, the, the gentleman, the, the, the boyfriend, he just was, he just said, you know, I really tried every excuse under the sun to figure out how I could get out of coming to church. But <laughs> I'm coming. I was like, all right, great. That's awesome. So come in. And partway through service, the Lord really tags on me to pray for this man. And, and here is something the Lord taught me in praying for people who are not believers. There's a really a great way that the Lord, the, a process through the scriptures that he teaches us. All right. First of all, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan is the God of this world and he has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. So often we are wanting to argue people into Christianity. It would be like someone walking in with a, with a welding helmet for you that have ever had that experience, and you, you are trying to get them to navigate through these chairs and find a chair over here, and you're getting upset with the fact that they keep bumping into stuff. First, is it not easier to remove the helmet? So step one of when you're working and ministering to someone who has not accepted Christ is for you to take your spiritual authority and bind the blinding spirits that's on them. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you get your hands off of them. I remove every blinding spirit off of them. So, step one. Step two, Ephesians says to pray for them. The eyes of their understanding to be enlightened, that they would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Step two. Step three is pray to the Lord of the harvest to send labor. So, I'm sitting here in the Christmas Eve service, and he's three or four chairs down, and I did just that. Just 
Satan, get your hands off of him. Uh, Father, I pray that you give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation of those exact things. Now, it's always fun to see quick responses to your prayers, isn't it? It's always so fun because sometimes we sit and we're like, wow. This was like literally within two minutes, this man is weeping. Now, I don't know about you, but a little confession for me on Christmas carols and Christmas services, they're just not that moving, are they? There's not this deep, worshipful experience, all right, at least for me. This guy is having a moment with the Holy Spirit in the middle of just some random, you know, Christmas carols. We get home that, we get home, we have Christmas Eve dinner. He waited till some of the crowd had left. He was a very private man. He was in his 70s. Never, had never wanted to have anything to do with church. Had just been stone cold against God. And he waits till everybody leaves and he comes over. He says, Bill, you knew I didn't want to go to church. He says, but something happened there that I cannot explain. So we talked a little bit about that. He ends up through the process of getting some counseling here at the church uh, over some anger stuff. His girlfriend, because she'd given her life to Christ, had now moved out. She wants to do things right. He is now getting counseling through that counseling, gives his life to Christ, and 45 days later dies instantly of a stroke. Now, this man was within 45 days of going to hell. I know we live in this society of, of, of people don't like to call what's, what's really black, black and white, white. But it is that way in the scripture. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And what we have the ability of doing in our businesses is making that difference. That man is in heaven today instead of hell because a business existed for the glory of God that we created a culture within that business for God to minister. And through that, that man comes with his girlfriend. He gives his life to Christ and eternity is changed. That's business ministry. That's your calling in going into this. I can, I can list clients who have gotten saved that have gotten healed people that have gotten delivered, things that have happened inside our business, people getting their prayer language, getting their uh, water baptized, all of these events taking place inside a business. Why? Because where is ministry supposed to take place? If I leave it to the pastors, well, no, 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 that's their job. I miss my calling. Their job is to equip me to go and minister. I want you to go to Revelations 1. Get another scripture on this. Am I explaining this okay? Everybody with me? All right, Revelations chapter 1. Verse 5, it says, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. One more time. And has made us kings and priests now prior to the new testament there were three only three individuals who could experience the anointing of god only three 
Anybody know who they were? Kings, the prophets, and the priests. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, what is the scripture very clear to say was torn right in half? That veil, right, that separated the inner courts of where God's presence was with everybody else. Once a year, the priest would go in with bells tied to him and make the atonement for all the people. And if all of a sudden the bells didn't stop, the bells weren't jingling, they knew the guy was dead and they had to pull him out, right? Because that's where the presence was. Now, the presence, God's anointing, is where? Here. And he did that so that he could take this anointing, this burden-removing, yoke-destroying ability and power of the Holy Spirit and put it on the inside of you and you and you and every one of us in here to take that into the world to, to, to change people's lives. So, who now is to operate in that priesthood, in the priesthood of the believer? That's us. And we have that ability to do that. But our belief about who we are, the way I see myself, completely impacts my ability to take that to where I'm supposed to go. If I believe that I go to work because I'm making a living for my family, nothing wrong with that. But that's the extent of it. That belief, Jesus said it repeatedly, according to your faith, be it unto you. As you believed, be it unto you. That, that belief system is what then will generate what comes out for your business. So how do we turn that around? How do we make it so that I understand the importance of the way my business is to operate? Step one is to understand, as a king and as a priest, my role is to go in and minister and bring ministry everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. Not just in my business, not just in my family, but from the moment I leave the equipping of the four walls of the church, I am an ambassador, I am a minister to go out and I'm anointed to do that. And guys, I look, I know, what men typically will do there's two things that work against us in this idea. One is, is we know the mistakes that we've made. And we look at those mistakes and we go, okay, can, is, is God really going to use this? The answer is yes. But wait, you don't know this. You don't know this about me. What about this that I've done? What does God say about that? What does he say about that? God has chosen to use you. The other thing, guys, that we tend to want to do is unless it's perfect, we don't really want to do it. And you know that's why we tend not to leave our, lead our families spiritually. Well, I don't really know how to pray that well. Or I just don't really, I, I don't want to make a fool of myself around, you know, the scriptures or whatever the case might be. And we think we have to do it perfectly before we start doing it. And that's where we need to just learn from guys like Peter. That guy loved to put his foot in his mouth, and he just kept going, didn't he? Start somewhere. And the start is by accepting that calling and submitting not just 
my church attendance to God, or not just the, my family life to God, but submit the business part of me to the Lordship of Christ. And that on the inside of my business, just like in every other place in my life, Jesus' Lordship will show up. And it's fascinating the time from the moment we do that, the opportunities that begin to arise for us. A couple of practical things to do, and I'm, then I'm going to go into a couple areas that our beliefs need to be in place. For us, the way we established a culture of ministry in our business that you can begin, you can take Monday to your place of business and begin to implement, is that for us, we have our headquarters is here in Colorado Springs. We have offices in several states, so we've got employees there as well as the, the ones who own those affiliate offices. And Monday, we have a call-in where anybody who's a part of our, our family across the country can call in and we pray together. So we establish this prayer call so people call in and we will say, you know, ask for requests and at that moment we will collectively together pray over that. All right? It is fascinating to me that the, that the people who will show up at all levels of their walk with God, and I have people who, I'm just telling you, I got one guy who runs one of our offices, that you could not be more uh, politically uh, on opposite spectrums than, 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 than me and, and most everybody else in our company. He comes and keeps coming and his wife who is just a embracing of, of multiple spiritual aspects that it's all okay have come and have come and have come and the last time they came to one of our meetings she said for the first time in her life she heard God speak to her and they keep coming. Why? Because we open up a door for them to begin to come in Hey, gather together. We're going to pray together. You have a request? Let us know and we'll pray for you. And we'll pray for you. And we'll pray for you. Then our staff meetings. We do a rotation of staff meetings. If you don't have a staff meeting with your company, you need to put one in place and begin to do it. Begin to exercise it. So what does that look like? So we have our staff meeting, of which we have continuing education that has to take place. We teach our staff, you know, what's going on. We're in the financial world, so we've got compliance and all of this type of stuff that we have to teach our team. And then we do anywhere from a 50, 15 to 20 minute building your business from a biblical perspective. So that's optional for people to be a part of. If you don't really want to be a part of, don't. If you do want to be a part of it, do. And we will walk them through different scriptures, different aspects of business building, different aspects. We've taken them through winning with people, with John Maxwell. We've taken them through different development. We, we do a Myers-Briggs. Uh, for you that are, are familiar with that, we do an in-depth training on that, a Myers-Briggs and developing them, and then show that how the Word, God's Word, incorporates that into how to serve other people you can do guys the the sky is the limit with it when you can just start bringing something on a weekly basis where you start teaching that in your business and this is what we've seen happen i shared the story of the of the gal who brought uh, her boyfriend got saved we that same week that that took place the uh, a gal in our accounting department who's worked with us for about four years my uh, business partner led her to the lord Right there in one of our staff in one of our staff meetings, everybody else left. She's struggling with family dynamics and things going on, and right there gives her life to the Lord. Why? Because we opened the door by putting 
practical inserts where God's word can come in and be a part of our business. Just those practical things, just those simple things. Now, here's some obstacles to that. Some of you might be in here and go, well, I've just been kind of one of the guys around, you know, at the office and and maybe your language and different things, you haven't really lined up or set a bar. And so for you to come back in and now do that might be awkward. And my challenge to you is just do it. Start by stepping into that place of accepting his ministry calling on your life. And by doing that, you'll see the Lord's help to raise you up to where you're supposed to be. Well, maybe maybe I, you've made mistakes in front of him. You know, the best thing you can do is to say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have acted that way. Be the first person in your business as the leader to admit when you make mistakes and then step up and lead. Step up and lead. Let's talk about a couple other things in, our, in this business ministry development. The first one is getting our belief of who we are in line. And that is that I am a minister, I am a king, I am a priest. That's what God's called me to be, all right? The second thing is, is then how do I incorporate God's word into my life in a more powerful, dynamic way to begin to create a spiritual culture, not just in my life, but in my business where I see God's blessing begin to happen? So to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my very first business. I'm just out of seminary, and as Pastor Gabe was talking about the calling to challenges that you're thinking, oh my gosh, really? Uh, here I am, graduated from seminary, and the first thing God really tells me to do is start a business. And the area I was at, all right, so I started volunteering as a youth pastor, and the, the, the area that I was doing business in, the average income was $14,000 a year. There were more businesses going out of business that were coming online every single year. I mean this crazy economic environment in this little town I was at. I used to start a business. So about that same time, I also got married. So for you that have got to a uh, chance to meet my wife, beautiful uh, gal from France, and she's left her country and everything and married me and within... <laughs> Within a few months, we're, we, we're, we're broke. My business is not going. It's not working well. So we sat at the dinner table one night. It was a Monday night. And we pulled our checkbook out. And if we paid our tithes, we would not be able to pay our bills that month. So we knew not to mess with that. That's your covenant. That is a way of keeping your finances in covenant with God like nothing else. All right, if you're messing with that, uh, we, we can go into that further here in a little bit, but that for a business leader is a must. End of conversation. You are in covenant. You're allowing God's covenant to be involved with your, biz with your business's finance. So we wrote the tithe check out, subtracted it from our balance, and we've got just a little bit left. Next day, Natalie, she had a part-time job. She went off to work. I had no work that day, so I got on my face. And I said, Lord, I know you called me into this to start this business. It's not working, and it's not on your end. There's something on my end that I'm missing. Something's missing. What is it? Well, in that moment, as soon as I, I prayed that, I came out of my body, 
all right? And I'm looking down at myself praying. And now, of course, you know, I'm, in the, I'm seen in, in the spirit realm now at this point, which was really cool. That had never happened to me before, all right? And I'm, tur- and I'm looking around, and I see my angels. Now, that was really cool. But my angels are, have their arms folded, and they're leaned against the wall with the most bored look on their face you possibly could imagine. Like with this look going, God, please reassign me to somebody who's going to give me something to do. That was the look. Well, instantly I came back too. I'm like, whoa, what was, what was that? I'm like, all right, I had just prayed, God, I'm missing it somewhere. Show me. And that's what he showed me. And there was no doubt he showed me that because it was this open vision that just happened in front of me. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying in the spirit. Lord, give me revelation about what I just saw. And he takes me through several scriptures that he brought to my, my remembrance right then. The first one was in, in Hebrews. All right, it says, what are angels? Because at the time, they were, there was this whole belief in worshiping angels and putting angels at the forefront, all right? And that men were, were inferior to them, and we were to worship them. And so Paul, in, in Paul or whoever you believe wrote Hebrews, writes Hebrews and says, what are angels? Are they not ministering spirits sent to minister for those that are heirs of salvation? Not two, but four. For you. And I was like, okay. That totally makes sense. And then he took me into Psalms where it says that the angels will only listen to the voice of God. So what activates or what gets angels going is God's word being spoken. So he said, all right, son, this is what I want you to begin to do. And I want you to do this. Go with me to Deuteronomy 28. He took me to Deuteronomy 28. And in Deuteronomy 28... About the time I changed, that's the thing about using your phone as your Bible and as your notes. My dad just called me. He was here earlier and was on his way home, so I told him to call me, make sure he got there. And it says, starting in verse 1, now, just a little bit of backstory about Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses, is the explanation of the blessing of the Lord. So if you're ever wondering what the blessing of God is, read the first 14 verses. Now, interestingly enough, there's another about 50 verses after that that describe the curse of the law, all right? And Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, because it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So what's awesome is those last 50 verses Jesus took so that the first 14 verses you can operate in. Isn't that happy? All right? But here's where I was missing it. Jesus had paid for all of that stuff for me. I had all of that stuff, those first 14 verses, and God had sent angels for on my behalf to move and bring that as an heir of salvation to make these things happen. But I was doing what most Christians do. Guys, and I want you to hear this really, really well. One of the biggest mistakes I've seen business leaders do is they pray instead of say there are things we should pray and there's things that we have to say and understanding and knowing when to do which is part of the spiritual development that john 
all right, in the three in the Gospels, okay, in his in epistles of the first, second, third John, in those he wrote, I write unto you little children, and I write unto you young men, and I write unto you fathers, showing spiritual development and understanding what I need to pray about and what I need to say is critical for my business to do what it's supposed to do on planet Earth. And here's how it works. When I begin to speak, and this is what he told me to do. Bill, every morning in the morning, I want you to speak and personalize the first 14 verses. And these verses in there, I'll just I'll quote them for time's sake, parts of them. He said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and never beneath. Your families are blessed. All of your businesses, and of course at the time it was cattle and, and your land and all of that. None of us, in, well some of you in here might be farmers, but I doubt very many of you. Uh, you're probably electricians and plumbers and accountants and attorneys or whatever your business is. Whatever that is, will be blessed. You will be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed in the basket. You'll be blessed in the store. Coming in, going out, your children, whatever you put your hand to, I will multiply. I will prosper. Your enemies will come against you one way and they'll run away from you in seven different directions. That is the blessing of the Lord. And here's what he said. Bill, begin to speak that, personalize it, quote it, and as you activate my word in your life and in your family and in your business, your angels get to moving, get to bouncing, get to going, and they begin to work on your behalf to bring things to pass. Whoa, that was like out of left field for me. I couldn't pay my bills. And the next morning, guess what I was doing? I remember the, I remember the corner on the road that I took into town. And I remember going, okay, here I go. I'm going to start doing it. And I begin to speak. I am the head, not the tail. I am above only. I'm never beneath. I will lend to many nations. I remember actually kind of chuckling a little bit when I said that because I got a couple hundred bucks in my account. I can't even pay my bills. But yet I'm going to lend to many nations and never borrow. My businesses are blessed. Everything I lay my hand to is fruitful and prosperous. And I'm driving in a truck that my in-laws felt so sorry for me that they had paid for, for me. And I'm speaking this. And everybody around the 90-day mark of me doing this, I started getting phone calls. I had a, con a contracting company. It was the first business I had. My brother still runs it. He's, he, he bought it from me and is just doing amazing with it. And I started getting phone calls. Bill, I don't know how I heard about you. I don't know how that happened, but I, I need some work. Can you come and do this? And pretty soon from here, it started coming. And from here, it started coming. And here, and here, and here. And pretty soon, within a couple of years, the companies that I used to try to get business from we're all working for me. This young, snot-nosed kid that all this business was flowing to. Why? Because my angels were no longer arms crossed, bored, sit leaning against it. The, thing, the, the, the ministering spirits that God had sent to minister for me were being activated by the most powerful force there is on this planet, and that's God's word being activated around you. 
If you will choose to embrace and bring God's word to put on the forefront of your business and activate it by personalizing it, I am, yes, speaking something that seems so strange. I am the head. I don't care what business line you're in. I am the top whatever. I am the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath. What begins to happen is this spiritual environment that begins to permeate around you, your family, your business. Not brought about by you, but by the righteousness of God and by his word begins to permeate your business. And things, guys, I will tell you, begin to explode around you. We quickly went to the very top in that industry. We about eight years ago, left being full t- full-time staff here at New Life and started a wealth strategy company. We have grown into the top 1% in that as well. Why? Because God wants us to be the head and not the tail. Why? Because when I first started this financial company, it was myself and one other guy, and we had one employee. Now, if I, that's great to minister to one employee. It's awesome. How much better is it to minister to a whole lot more employees, right? How much better is that ground to pour into that many people instead of one? Third John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Why? Because you're a minister. You're a king. You're a priest. You're called by God to do exceeding great above things that he has called you to do. Whatever the vocation is, that might change. You might go from being in this industry to this industry, but the calling that God has on your life to minister his anointing into whatever marketplace you're in, that never changes. And he equips you with his word and he equips you with the Holy Spirit to empower you to do that in a dynamic way. The third one, guys, and this I touched on earlier, and we're going to wrap up with this. And this just has to do with the money aspect. I had a gentleman from our first session, because I, I, I kind of just breezed through it in the point I talked about my wife and I uh, when we first were struggling with, if we paid our tithes, we couldn't pay our bills. And he came up afterwards, and he said, you kind of just breezed through that like, like you don't have any difficulty doing that. Uh, do you have any difficulty tithing? And I said, no, I don't now. Have I had time in my life? Have I had difficulties? Yes, absolutely. Was that one of the most difficult moments in my life right there? Looking across the table from his, my brand new wife who's looking at me like going, dude, are we going to make it here? And I, you're giving 10% to the church? What? Yes, that was difficult. The Bible says this. Jesus said this. You cannot serve God and money. Now, it's so interesting to me, especially the more successful you become in business and and you have money and financial resources that begin to just grow and all of this type of thing, that people think it's when you get all kinds of money around you that you get this tendency of wanting to serve money. No, you're born with that. It's in our sin nature to be connected to it. There's this nerve that runs from our pocketbook to our brain and our heart like nothing else. Why? Because it reflects everything you are and who you are in the natural. So the tithe is God's way of snipping that connection and making sure that all points are only connected to him. If I couldn't have tithed on a couple hundred dollars, can I tithe on thousands? Can I tithe on ten thousands? Hundred thousands, millions? Of course not. If I'm not faithful with a little, can I ever be faithful with 
a lot. So our belief about money is the third part that needs to be established and a cornerstone of our heart and our life. And that is that God, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. And the tithe is a simple way of me saying, my money, Jesus, everything is submitted to you. And here's 10%. And this young man that came up earlier, he's like, but I struggle so much with that. It, it just seems like so much. How am I going to trust with that? That, everyone, is the beginning. That's the beginning of your business prospering is when you say, my business is submitted to the Lordship of Christ. And the way I do that is not in words, but it's when I write that tithe check. Now, it's funny. Have any of you ever, God's ever told you to bump on addition to your tithe an amount that makes you swallow, gulp a little bit? Like you go, give what? When he does that, you're about to move up because you're planting a seed in the ground in your business world that is about to take you up to a new level. Trusting God with your money as a priest, as a king, is paramount to you going where that business is supposed to go. Okay, I'll just recap, and then we're going we're gonna to take about three minutes here, and I'm going to have them put some worship music on because I want us to just soak in this just a little bit. First of all, as business leaders, accepting the calling that God has placed on your life. And I'm going to even say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase that and just re-say it. The calling that he's placed on you as a believer, that when the moment I walk out of the church being equipped, I walk into ministry and accept that, that will then go into my business or it will go into every area. The second thing is, is knowing, having the right belief that God really wants me to succeed. And that's where the blessing of the Lord comes in. And that's where you can just begin to surround your own mind, your own life, your own business with the word by speaking Deuteronomy 28. I challenge you guys, do it for 90 days and see what happens. It'll start by changing your attitude. You know, uh, the most successful business people, right? Have all, they have the most amazing attitude. They have this I can do attitude that never stops. You look at Thomas Edison, you know, the stories about what he went through. And uh, one of my favorite stories of, of his is that his invention of, of the record uh, of the record was keeping his company afloat financially while he was trying to invent the light bulb. And all of these elements were failing and failing, and the company was struggling so bad. Well, one night this fire broke out. And the place was loaded with chemicals, so of course it was gone. There was not enough fire people. There was nothing that could put this thing out. His son comes looking for him because he knows this is it. We're done. He's, he's going to find his dad just devastated and going, oh my gosh, that's it. We're through. And so he sees his dad across the way, and he runs over to his dad. As his dad sees him coming, he runs towards his son. And he goes, son, son, go get your mom. Tell her to get all her friends because they're never going to see such an amazing fire as this. What an attitude. The next day, he gathered all his employees together and said, guys, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. And then after he had had this whole meeting and everybody was excited, he said, does anybody know where I can get any money? Attitude. Abraham Lincoln, they talk about the biography of a failure. 
That's what it's really called. If you read, you Google it. Biography of a failure. Why? Because he failed so many times. Election after election after election. Kept running, kept running, kept losing for Senate. Kept losing, kept losing, kept losing. And then he won. Why? Because his attitude was built on the fact I am going to win guys we have the greatest competitive advantage we as believers because your attitude determines everything in the marketplace your go get it not stopping I'm going to win attitude is what gets you and what causes you to grow amazing companies that built on God's word that I am the head and not the tail I'm above only but never beneath you have an amazing competitive advantage Build that into your heart and your life by speaking it. And then the third part is, make sure God is your God and not money. Snip those heart connections. Just establish in your life, I'm a tither. It's done. As of this day right now, I'm putting God first and I'm tithing. And by doing that, you will see. I I tell business leaders, I tell them this, do the 1090 test. You know, there's only one thing in the Bible that God says we can test him with, and it's the tithe. There's nothing else. He doesn't say you can test him on any other thing, but he does say you can do him. I say, I give, tell people, do a 1090 test, 10% for 90 days. And if in that 90 days, you cannot document the difference, give it up. Didn't work. 1090 test. I've never had one person come back that did that. Never once that didn't see the change. All right. Would you mind putting some worship music on, guys? Why don't you do this? If you just close your eyes, lift your hands where you're at. I want us to spend just, just a couple of minutes praying together on these ideas. Guys, I believe as never before, as we heard from Pastor Brady this morning, we're in a cultural shift in our country that's never seen be seen before. We know that. And he is wanting anointed men of God to go into the marketplace to walk in with the gifts and callings that he has placed on the inside of them and that by doing that will bring change, will we'll create a cultural shift that starts in the marketplace that's never been seen before. Businesses that God's not their money. Money's not their God. God is their God. He's first. He's in first place. And that he's the CEO of that company. And when he says to move, we move. And he brings his ministering power and ability through your hands into that. Fathers, we lift our hands and we lift our hearts to you. We ask that, Lord, you come and just anoint us with fresh oil in this place. Let fresh oil from the Holy Spirit come into our hearts and into our spirits here today. Lord, just right where everybody is seated, where I'm standing, Lord, let a freshness come. Freshness of your power, a freshness of your ability. That, Lord, we stand up and say yes to your calling. That, Lord, we are in the marketplace to bring ministry there. To bring change, Lord God. Effectual change in people's hearts by allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And, Lord, we lay down, Lord, in front of us this morning, with it today. We lay down the areas that we have failed, the areas of mistakes in our life, and realize that our calling is not based upon our own goodness anyway. That it's based upon the righteousness of God. And we accept that. And we say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Use these hands. Use this mouth. Use this tongue. Use this brain. Use me in the marketplace to minister to the poor, to the needy, to those that are spiritually broken.
that you bring, Lord God, across my path, those, Lord, that, that, that you have prepared to hear your word, and then I'll pour into them. Father, we say yes to that high calling today. God, amazing, amazing calling of being a minister in the marketplace. And we thank you for it, Father. And we say yes to that calling in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming and being a part of this session. hope it was very helpful for you. I, um, I have, uh, as I said, for decades been in, in various areas of pastoring as well as in, in, in business. And uh, never once have I ever had the, really that desire to write a book up until uh, beginning of this year. God really spoke to me about putting this idea along with multiple other things, expansion on, on the role of angels and the role of, 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 of the spirit and all of those things in building a, a, a biblical business. And so that book is a few months away, and I'd ask Gabe that if, uh, if it was okay if I just put out for anybody who wants a free copy of it, when it hits, I will make sure and send it to you. So we uh, had a list for the first session. I'll have the list up here for any of you that want to jot down your email address, and whenever it comes, uh, whenever it is, I'll send you a free copy of it. So you can have this and a whole lot more of the story of what's happened in our our business, but then yet practical ways of you expanding. And guys, I'll tell you, man, I'm excited about it. I see God breathing into the marketplace as I'd never seen it before. And I mean, it just gets me excited. The stories you hear of, of like we've seen in our company and others have seen it where, where businesses are hiring full-time mission coordinators and they send their entire businesses, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of employees, out on missions to go out and reach people. And, 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 it's fascinating to me to see how the, how God is speaking and breathing this change into people in business. And it's an exciting time, guys. I'll tell you, just like Brady said, when people get all depressed and disappointed about it. No way. Man, this is, it, this is time for the church to be the church as never before. As never before, to be that light and to be that salt. And um, so anyway, we're gonna, we'll unpack a whole lot more of that. And I'd love to send you guys just a free copy of that book if you're, if you're interested. So I'll have that list up here for you to sign up for that. And uh, guys, go and uh, enjoy dinner and the last session. Thank you.